Good morning, Carolina family. My name is Associate Minister Nicole Williams, and I'm the Youth and Young Adult Minister here at Carolina Church. Today, I will be reading from Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. I'll be reading the English Standard Version. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel became as distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any God or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so they cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. I will be speaking today from the subject, Daniel, the obedient worshiper. We have been talking this month about worship and what worship in our everyday life looks like. Throughout the book of Daniel, you can see a consistent lifestyle of worship. God was first in everything that Daniel did. To give some background on Daniel, in chapter one, we see that he was among those taken captive from Jerusalem during the reign of King Jehoiakim. In Daniel chapter one, verse two, it says that the Lord gave Jehoiakim king into his hands. During this siege, Nebuchadnezzar took some vessels from the house of God, but he also took some young men. Among those were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, he didn't want just any young men. He wanted those that were of nobility and were handsome and smart and could learn the language and customs of the Chaldeans. Now, Daniel was a teenager at the time he was taken. He was given a Babylonian name, Belteshazzar, in honor of one of the Babylonian gods. The changing of his name, the training and education he received, even the food he ate was to have Daniel operate and behave like that of the new society that he had found himself in. However, early on, Daniel established that he served one God. You see Daniel's first act of obedience in chapter one, verse eight, where he refused to eat the king's diet of meat and wine because it violated God's law. In chapter two, Daniel's gift of prophecy is revealed when he interprets a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar after seeking God to reveal the interpretation. As a result, the king makes Daniel ruler of the whole province of Babylon. Now we're in chapter three. We see Daniel's companions, Hananiah, who is now called Shadrach, Mishael, whose name is now Meshach, and Azariah, whose name is now Abednego, refusing to bow down and worship an image set up by King Nebuchadnezzar. 
as we go as far into chapter three, we see that their response to the king was, look, you can A, you can go ahead and throw us in the fiery furnace and A, God will save us or B, he won't. But either way, we are not going to serve any other God but God. Even when threatened with death by fiery furnace, these three men would not disobey God. Because of their obedience, God delivers them from the fire and Nebuchadnezzar even acknowledges the power of God. In chapter four, Daniel interprets another dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. This time, God was removing him from men and he was making him live in the fields and eat and eat grass with the animals for a certain time until he acknowledged that God was God and that he gives to who he chooses to give. By the end of chapter four, this prophecy had came true as Daniel had predicted and the king was humbled. In chapter five, Belshazzar is now king and he has learned nothing from what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He throws this big party and then uses some of the vessels of God that Nebuchadnezzar took from Jerusalem and uses it for his guests to drink wine out of at the party. Needless to say, Belshazzar did not reign long. Um, Daniel interpreted a writing on the wall, which predicted him losing his throne to the Medes and Persians. And the same night Daniel interpreted it, it happened. Now this brings us to chapter six, where Daniel now is serving under a third pagan king, King Darius. Throughout chapters one and five, Daniel and his companions consistently obeyed God in everything they did. Even in their service to these kings, they served out of their love and adoration for God. There was never a question about who Daniel served and who he obeyed. In this text, Daniel has once again distinguished himself above all the other officials and King Darius is set to put him over the whole kingdom. The other government officials try to find something wrong with what he did concerning the kingdom, but because he had a spirit of excellence, they could not find anything wrong in what he did. So they took another route. In chapter six, verses six through nine, we see all the government officials getting together and telling King Darius that because he is king, that for 30 days, no one could make petition or pray to any other God except for King Darius. So for 30 days, all people under the reign of King Darius could only pray to him. Now, Darius did not ask for this. This was not his idea, but he also did not object. And he signed it into law. In verse 10, we see that Daniel heard that the law had been signed and it was now official, and Daniel carried on like it was an ordinary day. He went home, he left his windows open, he got down on his knees, and he prayed three times a day like he always had. Daniel did not even bat an eye at the thought of facing a lion's den if he was caught praying to God. His love, adoration, and faithfulness to God was so strong that he would not even modify his obedience to him. I mean, he could have just closed the window and prayed in secret and possibly maybe not got caught. But his resolve was to obey God, the God that he loved, as he always had, despite the possibility of being caught, despite the possibility of death. This kind of obedience only comes from a heart that truly loves God. It's one thing to say, God, I love you, but it's another thing to show God you love him. This brings me to my first point. Obedience to God shows God that you love him. Pastor told us earlier this month that worship is expressing our love and gratitude to God for who he is, what he's done, what he said, and what he promised us he would do. What is a better way to express your love and gratitude for who God is, what he's done in your life, what he has said, and what he has promised you, but through your obedience to him? Daniel was aware of who God was. He had a relationship with God. Daniel has seen what God had done. 
At this point, Daniel was about 80 years old and God had kept him and prospered him and his companions while they were in this land. Daniel knew God's power. Daniel knew God's promises. He had seen the promises of God come true several times. And it was in this relationship that Daniel always acknowledged God. Daniel would not adopt the traditions of the culture around him, but Daniel made it his business to cultivate a life of worship to God through obedience. He constantly displayed that God was first in his heart. John chapter 14, verse 15 states, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This scripture helps us to understand that through our obedience, we show the Lord we love him. In other words, the only way we can show Jesus we love him is if we obey what he told us to do. Obedience is how we show God that we are thankful to him. It's all about action. We tell our significant others and our children, our family, if you love me, then show me. We've even said actions speak louder than words. Well, this is what God is saying as well. If you love me, obey me. If you worship me, obey me. My second point is that obedience to God results in the blessings of God. Daniel was a blessed man. God blessed him in everything he did because he faithfully obeyed. In the beginning of chapter six, we see that of the three high officials, Daniel was the highest. It also states that Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. Everything he did was excellent. No one could find any fault or no error in his work. The scripture goes on to say that the king was set to put him over the whole kingdom. Now, if you remember in chapter two, Daniel had already been set over the whole province of Babylon. Now, under a new king, he was getting ready to be back in the exact same position. This is the blessings of God. And because of Daniel's continued obedience in verse 10, God continued to bless him. If God knows the plans for our lives, if he knows that he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us and plans to give us an expected end, as stated in Jeremiah 29, 11, why would we not obey him? Daniel's situation could have been real bleak. He could have been, he could have conformed and ended up worshiping other gods. He could have allowed his situation to change him. He could have taken matters into his own hands and tried to figure things out on his own. But Daniel knew that he needed God and he knew that he needed God's hand to be on him. He knew that God would bless his obedience to him. Exodus 19 and 5 states, now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples for all the earth is mine. Luke eleven twenty eight states that blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. It is not enough to hear God's word, but we need to obey him. When we obey God in even the smallest matters, we open a door to receive his blessings. You have seen through the text how Daniel was blessed in every facet of his life due to his obedience. We can also be blessed like this in our homes, on our job, in our social lives, and in our relationships if we just obey his word and not allow circumstances to keep us from putting him first. God wants to bless our lives, not just for us, but for others. When God blesses us, it serves as a testimony to others of God's goodness. This brings me to my final point. Your obedience will cause others to acknowledge God. In verse four, the government officials were trying to find some flaw in how Daniel handled the matters of the kingdom, but they couldn't find anything. However, in verse five, we see the same officials realize the only way that they could get to Daniel was through his obedience to God. The only way they could, the only way they could point out a fault in Daniel was to create a rule that deliberately went against God's law because they knew he would remain faithful and that he would not obey, disobey. 
I thought this was so amazing. Daniel lived such a consistent life of worship and obedience that even his enemies could only get something on him if it if put in a position where he had to choose between God and man. But here's the crazy thing. They knew he wouldn't defy God and they thought they had him too. However, if you read further down in chapter six, the very trap that they set for him became the very thing that ended their lives. But not only did Daniel enemy know Daniel consistently obeyed God, but King Darius knew as well. In verse 16, when King Darius was having Daniel put in the lion's den, he told Daniel, may the God you serve continually rescue you. And in the morning when Daniel was found alive and safe in the lion's den, King Darius acknowledged God as the living God and decreed that everyone in his kingdom were to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. This was the second king that had acknowledged the power of God due to the obedience of Daniel. Daniel was carried off into a pagan culture very young. But instead of being influenced by their culture, he stayed obedient to God and he influenced them. His lifestyle of worship and obedience to God made him a catalyst. Wouldn't it be something if we were so unequivocally obedient to God that it changed the people around us? When we obey God, we become a living testimony of who he is and what God has done. Some people could look at Daniel's situation and say that he was dealt a bad hand. He was taken into captivity very young, snatched from his home, made to serve a foreign king that, he, that did not recognize his beliefs. The plan was to strip his identity from him by giving him a new name and teaching him a new worldview. But in the midst of these circumstances, Daniel stayed true to God. He continued to worship God through obedience to his word regardless. And as a result, God blessed him and those around him. And everyone was a witness to the power of God in his life. A lifestyle of worship must include obedience if it's going to impact the lives of others. What set Daniel apart was his obedience to God. He would never have been as impactful if he just acknowledged God, but then lived like all of those around him. His lifestyle of worship through obedience made an impact. His resolve to follow God, no matter what, is what made people take notice of the God that he served. What have you not said yes to? What has God asked us to do that we have not done? And whose lives has it impacted? I challenge us today to follow the example of Daniel and to begin to worship God through obedience. If we obey God, obey his word, we will show God that we truly love him. If all we can offer God is worship, why not give all of it? Is he not worthy of all of our worship? Has he not done more than enough not to only be worthy of what comes from our mouths, but isn't he also worthy of worship through our obedience? Obedience pleases him. And when we obey him, we will be blessed. And I'm just not talking about material blessings. I'm talking about having joy in your life, having peace, being content, experiencing the full love of God. It is also in our obedience that those around us will see the difference in our lives. Our lives will become a witness of God. Our words will hold more weight because we live a lifestyle of worship. Let's give God all that he deserves from our life. Let's become obedient worshipers.